Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, who is raising kids. He joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, former NFL defensive back, former Ohio State Buckeye, former Bedford Bearcat, and our partner on the pre- and post-game shows on the Browns Radio Network, Mr. Tyvis Powell. Better known as Pure Sunshine. Aww. <laughs> you, two, you two make me laugh. You know, I'm going to miss you guys on Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. You uh, you'll live your life and be a much richer, happier, healthier man without us. I can tell no, you. no, no. It's, I'm going to miss the thrill of a, of a good brown Sunday, you know? Yeah, yeah where the three we amigos. Had, we had some of those. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, wait a minute. Did, did, did Jeff return? Obviously, he did. He, he could hear me talking, so I'm going to assume that he returned your headphones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, actually, Dan did. Thank you. I yeah. do have to. I appreciate that we had a. Emergency yesterday in Berea where I had to use a, a different adapter, and you were nice enough to bring it back to the station so I could get it today. You are a good man, Divas. I want all the teachers that you had at Bedford to know that yeah. they did a great job with it. I passed it along. To, Tivus gave it to me. I gave it to Dan yeah, because so I figured I I'd forget. Tivus, this morning, Joe Woods was relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator. I'll quote you from the postgame show. I'm guessing you said it in the pregame show with Andy. Sometimes you can have a terrific scheme, but the players might not be in the right place or do what they're supposed to do. Who takes the fall for that? If that's the case, the defensive coordinator, is that what happened here? Well, I think that's obviously what you have to look at. I think Joe Woods did a great job of coming out and, you know, pretty much trying to take all the blame on himself. I think he know it's been times, you know, when I would did my when I was with the Jets for my week, right? I spent a week as a New York Jet, right? Oh, wow. And the the vibe that I got there, this is when Ty Bowles was there. That week, it's like that whole coaching staff knew that they were getting fired. Like it, I think they pretty much informed them. I would like to say that the same thing was the case with Joe Woods. I think they already told him, hey, listen, you're going to finish this year out, but this is it for you. So when he had his meeting about a week ago, I did his interview, and he was basically saying that, you know, it's not the defensive tackles. It was my scheme. It was me. I think what he was doing was basically saying, hey, this is my last gift to y'all. You know, I'm not, I want everything to be put on me. I don't want y'all to 
said, I don't want the world to believe that y'all are bad players. So I'm going to take the, the bun up all of this and say it was just me, I, my bad coaching. And I think that was his last gift to this defense, <laughs> to this defense because I think he already knew that he was gone. So how much of the blame is his from your perspective as a former defensive player in the NFL? Uh, you have to give it 50-50, you know, because uh-huh. – yeah, what was the scheme? It's a great scheme. Like I said, you look around the NFL, you look at a couple of teams like the Jets, the San Francisco. You look at those teams that's running this same scheme. The scheme is effective. However, like I say, it's been the personnel. I don't think he has the personnel. But the thing where he is at fault is where the in-game adjustments. That's where I think that he lost me um, at on that one because it would be times where I'd watch the game and I'd be like, I wonder why. You know, back when I was playing, we would do this, this, and that. You know, we'd switch this up and do that. And that would be like an in-game adjustment. And I was wondering why they didn't do that there. So, you know, whether the players can handle it or not, you still have to make an attempt to show that you're you're trying to make an adjustment during the course of a game. And it's just, if you go by, you look at the quarters. First quarter, you know, the Browns gave up not that many points, but second, third, and fourth is when all the points started to come. So you have to look at it like they just weren't able to adjust, and the first person that they're going to blame for that is the coach. Uh, it's funny, Tyvis. Early on in the show, we went into that, and I, I looked some things up. The Browns gave up the fewest first quarter points in the NFL this year. And then mm-hmm. in the second quarter, they give up the eighth fewest points. And in the – no, 18th, excuse me. Is that what it was? Yes. And then in the third and fourth quarters, they were 27th in points allowed. So they started off number one, and by the time the game was over, they're giving up more points than anybody almost. So that's exactly what you just said. Yeah, so yeah, you, you, that falls strictly on coach. And it's just, it wasn't offensively. It's defensively. I mean, it's not just defensively. It was offensively as well. That's just one of those things that they really have to do a better job with finding answers and solutions to what's going on over the course of a game because this season pretty much gave a testimony that that was one of their weaknesses with in-game adjustments. Prioritize your needs on defense, my friend. Prioritize them. Uh, Obviously, uh, it would be the defensive tackles, and I think you understand the importance of a middle linebacker. You know, before this season, we didn't value – linebackers like that you know and you got some good ones Anthony Walker will be back you'll have JOK back but obviously you see when you don't have that that leadership at the linebacker position when you don't have those defensive tackles you see how how you can get gash in the run and you know the Browns defense I've been saying it for a couple of for, for a couple of weeks this Browns defense is built because this has become a passing league however if the run game is not stout or not, or you, you can be successful running the ball, why would we risk putting the ball in the air? We can get it all in on ground. So they have to become a better team at stopping the run. Um, that should be the first thing on their priority. I think they already have the secondary pretty good. Obviously, you know, as people, it's, you might need to get a, a true free safety in there, a guy who can go run 4 3 and get sideline to sideline, because I do think, you know, both safeties that we have are more suitable for the box. So if you want to get a true 4-3 guy that can run sideline to sideline, I would understand that. But if we had to pick one change, it would be defensive tackle for me. Tyvis Powell's joining us, uh, works with the Browns Radio Network. You have experienced a lot of different NFL systems in a short period of time at several of these stops. You've seen a bunch of defensive coordinators. What does this team need in a defensive coordinator? What do you like? in a defensive coordinator? What works? 
Well, this team, first of all, this team needs leadership. And, you know, that it's going to come from the defensive coordinator. Um, he's going to come in and establish the culture. Um, you also need to get some veterans in there. I think this team really took the approach of, you know, we're going to we're going to lean on the young guys, and obviously they're going to be the cheaper guys, and that's, we're going to make this roster work with that. Um, I think you understood the importance of why you need veteran leadership in there. But when situations get tough, you need a guy that can come in and kind of get the team going. You know, when things aren't going well, he got that speech, or he's just through his play, you can see the passion come out. And I think we, we missed that a little bit on the defensive side of the ball this year. So that would be one thing. But as far as the defensive coordinator goes, you all, everybody loves an aggressive defensive coordinator. Everybody likes a guy who, you know, sin, not afraid to blitz. Anybody can blitz. The nickel, linebacker, safety, corners, anybody can blitz. Everybody likes that. It's about – that's fine to do, but you have to make sure that you got the guys that can get home. So, yes, we all want an aggressive one. But I'm not I'm not opposed to a passive one. You know, me being with Robert Sala, he wasn't the most aggressive guy. Um, when I was in Seattle, Chris Richard, he wasn't the most aggressive guy either. But the defense was very effective. Obviously, these are defenses that were that are successful today. Um, so it's just it's just about getting a, a defensive coordinator in there that comes with a great game plan that can get the excellence and the greatness out of these players, and that's the defensive coordinator that I want to play with, somebody that can make me play above what I what I think I'm capable of, who can get the best out of me uh, and put me in situations that best suits me. You know, don't, don't have me playing in the post when I'm really good around the ball, like stuff like that, putting you in making, maybe even making positions that that allow me to be good at, putting, making me go dime, I don't know, something like that. Those are the defensive coordinators that you want to play for because they understand that, hey, this guy is a ball player. We have to get him on the field. Tyvis, um, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but Deshaun Watson, what you saw out of him this year and what you're hoping for next year? Well, this year we've seen a guy who, who's very rusty, um, more rusty than anybody anticipated. Um, you've seen flashes of him trying to get back to that guy that he was in Houston. Um Obviously, with his escape ability, it's still great. It's still there. This team has to get used to him doing that. Um, I like to see him take care of the ball. But to be honest with you, I don't know how much of that, you know, was on his mind. You know, in these last six games, once the Browns lost playoff contentions, you know, it, it became to me like, all right, now I'm going to really open up and see what I can still do. Let me let a couple of these balls rip and see if I can fit it through the window. So for next year, I know the things that I can and cannot do. Um, I like to see him protect the ball um, better. I didn't like the fact that he had five picks on the season, but like I said, I get it. You know, season's pretty much over. Let's just go ahead and roll the dice and try to shake all the rust off and make the mistakes now. So next year I'll know I can't make these same mistakes when when the things are on the line. Um, and outside of that, I, I actually liked everything I seen. I liked him go through his progressions. Um, this last game I think he threw a couple bad balls. I think one was behind DPJ on the dig route. So he got to get his chemistry down. But um, throughout the course of these weeks, he's shown that he can still make some good throws. He can still make some big plays. I just want it to be more consistent. And I don't want to wait. I don't want to see it for just one half. I need to, He needs to be consistent for four quarters. But that also comes with Kevin Stefanski coming up with a great game plan or whoever's calling the play. Coming up with a great game plan and understanding the defense that they're going against and how they're going to attack this defense. Tyvis Powell joining us. Tyvis, it would appear that Kevin Stefanski is good for year number four. 
It would appear that Andrew Barry is good for year number four. They're speaking at 3.30. People can hear it right here on the fan. Is there a year number five for all of them if it doesn't go well next year? And do you feel like I feel? They're kind of a package deal at this point. I don't know that you could let one of those guys go without letting both of them go. Yeah, I think they, they pretty much are together because they see everything eye to eye. They speak the same language. And in and, and the NFL, people don't know that that's hard. It's hard for a general manager and a, and a head coach to be on the same page. You really don't see it that often. So when you do got it, that means that it, that's a good thing That's because there's no turmoil, there's no mixed feelings. Everybody has the same feelings. Um, to answer your question, if they don't do well, I do believe that they are hand-to-hand, and I think they do walk out the door together because they're in it together. They, they I, Obviously, they were just hand-picked by each other, or not by each other, but Andrew Barry kind of wanted Kevin Stefanski. Um, so, vice versa, too, yeah. Yeah, vice versa, yeah. <laughs> so if it doesn't work out, I don't think – I don't think you can keep one and not the other because, to me, they kind of go hand-in-hand. They make the same decisions. I don't think they go above each other to make decisions. I think they console with each other when they have a feeling about something. So, yeah, I think they're going out together. If if one goes out, the other one's going out with them. And that's what we're seeing in the NFL. Obviously, you see the Cardinals, they well, one resigned and the other one got fired. So it's just hand-in-hand. Um. Tyvis, what makes a good defensive coordinator? I'm just curious. Like, tell me a guy that you played for that was a good defensive coordinator, and then what are the qualities that exist? Oh, okay. Robert Sala was a great defensive coordinator to me. What made Robert or Coach Sala so good to me was that his passion, his passion for the game. You know, this this was a guy who could get up on that board. He can show you the scheme, tell you what we run it explain to you why we're running it in a way that anybody can get it. And then if things didn't go well, he can make an adjustment right on the spot and fix it right there in the middle of a game. You could pass something. If they're doing something and they hit us on something, he can literally draw up the solution and nip it in the bud right there. So that's the sign to me of a good coordinator. Also, another good sign of a great DB or DC is that a guy who's a motivator. You know, before the game, Coach Sala gives these speeches – and he, he always tells a story. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know this, Coach Sala got a story every game about something that, that's going to correlate to the game. And his stories are so insightful and they're so deep and they make you think. And they just make you excited and motivated to go out there and play. So a guy who can get you prepared for a game and make you feel confident while you end the game, that, that to me shows the sign of a good D.C. Tyvis, thank you, buddy. A pleasure. It's been no fun, problem, Sunshine. Man. Thank you. Same to y'all. We'll miss y'all, man. <laughs> hey, well, oh, just, you can still call us yeah, once a week. We join us care. once a week. And we'll, yeah. we'll be good. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.